0: Welcome to IWG Radio, the place to be for all of your wellness needs. Hey there, Dr. Nicole from Integrative Wellness Group in Belmar, New Jersey. Hi,
1: Dr. Nick here. Clinical
0: Nutritionist, Brooke.
1: I am Dr. Kyle. You
0: are listening to IWG Radio, the place to be for all of your wellness needs. Welcome back to another episode of IWG Radio. This is the Clinical Nutritionist, Brooke, at Integrative Wellness Group. And I have a very special guest with me here today for this week's episode. His name is Steve Levy, and he is a mold inspector for a company called Certified Mold Inspections.
1: Mold Inspections, yes.
0: So welcome, Steve. Um, We wanted to bring Steve on because we do have a growing population of clients who have been exposed to mold and are experiencing maybe some symptoms or maybe some trouble having uh, improvement in their symptoms, and that could possibly be due to mold. So we wanted to have Steve join on our podcast this week, give us some information about possible mold toxicity and how you can inspect your home properly to find this out. So Steve, I'd love you to introduce yourself and give a little bit little bit of background to us about what you do.
1: Right, thanks, Brooke. I'm really, first of all, I want to thank you for giving me the opportunity to be here today and to share our story and, and what we do. It has uh, been amazing what we're seeing out there as being such a consistent theme through many of our clients and that is is that many of them unbeknownst to them are are having issues health-wise that they never ever would have thought would have been linked to their home so my my company is an environmental company but reality is is that we're really a health company and you know our culture and our business is really we want to help people transform back to health by making sure their homes and their environments are making them sick Uh, We've been in the business well over a decade, I mean, close to 15 years of business. I've personally done well over 5,000 mold-specific investigations. And what we do is really, really comprehensive. It's it's not something that we would just take a a vanilla approach. The majority of the population of people that we work with are are typically people who've been compromised health-wise, and we go in and do a very, very deep dive within their home to see if there's anything that may be influencing and causing uh, potential health issues.
0: So you're somewhat of a mold specialist, you'd say?
1: I would say that Mm -hmm. I'm a mold specialist, but more of a detective. What we bring to the process is is a really, really solid knowledge of, of mold and mycotoxins, but when you really want to understand what's going on in the built environment, there are other disciplines that you need to bring into the picture, and that is building science, water restoration, And all the other elements that would be very very important in in really investigating a house in a thorough way
0: great so let's talk a little bit about mold because I think it's something that in the modern medical system it's not really something that is spoken about very freely it's not necessarily something that you go to your primary care physician that you're having some symptoms and that they test you for so I think that you know I'd love for you to give some background Um, about maybe some medical conditions and things that you've seen personally that have been tied to mold that aren't necessarily something that you would have a red flag right away.
1: Well you know one of the things that most people probably associate mold with is being an allergen right and mold in and of itself is is an allergen and and, and through those kinds of, of symptoms you would normally see people experience anything from sinusitis, respiratory, and it can even Trigger some, some asthma effects, and, and those are generally speaking what a lot of people would associate with mold as, as a result of being an allergen, but molds can be very, very insidious. In fact, molds uh, can actually produce a very, very potent mycotoxins. These mycotoxins can really wreak havoc within the body, in fact, these mycotoxins can get into the body, they can cause mitochondria damage, which is the energy cells to the to our body and and when that happens it can cause all kinds of symptoms from chronic fatigue, brain fog, could actually trigger certain kinds of autoimmune diseases, it can actually suppress the immune system and cause virtually so many different, diseases and conditions that most people would never ever link to their environment.
0: And I think that's something important to to note because there are a lot of people and people that we have seen in our practice that they almost get better to a certain point and then they kind of hit a plateau with their symptoms of the fatigue maybe is still there, maybe their digestion has improved, um, or the brain fog is still there. And I think that that's something that's important to note because it can be linked with so many different types of, of illnesses and that's because of what's actually happening within the body. So everybody has different genetics and different things going on so how it's going to affect one person isn't necessarily going to affect another person in the exact same way. So it's definitely an ambiguous thing in terms of it's not like high cholesterol where you can look at the blood work and say that's high cholesterol. It's definitely a, a little more tricky to find and a little more tricky to understand. But I think another thing that would be really important for you to give some background on is we have a lot of clients coming in and, and we look at blood work and say, you know, there's a possibility that you might have some mold exposure. And when we bring this up, people go, in my home? No, there's no mold in my home. I, I, we don't have mold. I've never seen it. It doesn't smell musty. It, you know, I don't think I've ever been exposed. And I know, based on some of the things that I've listened to that you've spoken about, that it can really be in any house and anywhere, and even in our offices or places, other places that we spend a lot of time. So I'd love for you to tell everyone more about um, where the mold can be and how tricky it can be to actually find.
1: I would love to. In fact, mold can be very, very deceiving because mold really is nothing more than a symptom of a much bigger problem, that being water and moisture intrusion. So. One of the things that most people should really try to to think about is have they had any water or moisture intrusion that might have impacted their home And, and, and it might not have been even within the last month, it could go back even years. And just to think about that as being a first step. The second thing is molds really grow based on what's called water activity and water activity can come in a lot of forms. It can come in the form of obvious liquid pooling water but it also can come in the form of what's called diffusion or water vapor and that is probably the most deceiving part of, of uh, that kind of water intrusion because you can't see it. It actually kind of it comes through the foundation walls and slab, uh, actually raises the relative humidity or moisture in the air and that can actually get absorbed into structural components, contents and the molds that grow. Are so deceiving that if you're not looking at the surfaces with the right light at the right angle you may not see it or a lot of times it's mistakenly thought of as dust and most people because of that don't realize that there's mold in, in their environment in fact they're looking for the most apparent look the black mold the furry you know that's really the static look that most people associate it mold with but it's really the transparent to the almost blended molds that really afflict a lot of the homes that we go into. And I will tell you this, this is extremely consistent. When there is somebody that has severe sensitivity, and I'm talking about some of the symptoms that we talked about before, whether it be autoimmune, we have clients that have MS, and sometimes their MS gets exacerbated. If they have any kind of condition that is afflicting the body, when we go in, not 90, not 95%, but 100% of the time, we're finding not just a little bit of a mold problem, but a huge mold problem. Now, we can't say that that's contributing to their problem, mm-hmm. but we know that-
0: It's it, not gonna it, help.
1: It's not gonna <laughs> help, exactly.
0: Yeah. Is there anywhere in the home that is maybe more susceptible to
1: mold? Yeah, there are. There, are, you know, Being on the East Coast, the, the way homes are built, there are basements, there are crawl spaces, and they're notorious for being damp and, and and really creating an environment where mold can grow. And a lot of times people don't go into those areas, especially crawl spaces. They're you know a lot of times they're not easy to get into and you know the water tables, especially with a lot of the storms and the weather patterns that we've had over the years has actually changed the way the water tables are. And because of those water tables rising, you, people are finding that a lot of times that that moisture is getting into their basements and their homes and they're colonizing mold and many times these molds that are colonizing are very very deceiving they're not easily apparent and that's why sometimes people say well I don't see it and you know many times you're not going to smell it either because depending on on what kind of temperature or relative humidity you have in the home molds really can go in and out of a dormant state and there be times where you may not even notice what's going on until you start to connect the dots and say wait a second I had this water intrusion issue back then maybe this is what might be causing some of my issues.
0: I'm glad you brought up the um, musty smell or odor kind of that is characteristic of maybe mold or water intrusion and is that something that is or isn't always there when mold is present?
1: It is not always there, and, and you know molds have a very important function in our environment. They break down dead matter, they biodegrade it. Without molds, we'd have garbage and leaves piled miles high, so they're very, very important to the ecology. And when they start to break down this dead matter, that musty smell that you smell is actually their, their secondary metabolites, their waste that they're giving off. It's not a mycotoxin, a mycotoxin is completely different. The mycotoxin is actually a defense mechanism. When molds are in a competing environment and you get different kinds of molds that are growing in the environment to protect their colonies from competing molds, they actually produce these very, very potent mycotoxins that are diffused in the environment and people living in the environment can get caught in the crossfire. and and many times they don't even realize it because they can give those mycotoxins off when there is no musty smell.
0: So tell me a little bit more about, um, now that we've talked about different places in the home where are maybe more susceptible to mold, but another thing that's kind of a hot topic is talking about the HVAC systems or the forced hot air and even a radiator heating system because that is essentially going to move the air through the house possibly pulling it from certain areas. So is there um, you know, maybe one system that's more safe or what can someone with either of those do to maybe learn more about their exposure?
1: Well, forced air heating and air conditioning systems uh, notoriously are going to be able to distribute all kinds of, of different particulate throughout the house. And the problem with many of those is that people don't really look to see how dirty or clean they are and and they become a reservoir. In fact, a lot of the furnaces are located in areas where predominantly you are going to be seeing many mold issues, i.e. the basement, sometimes they're in the attic, it was one of the other areas that I failed to mention. The attics can really be an area where mold starts to grow, especially if there's problems subgrade, that moisture actually permeates through the house, and many times if the attic is not ventilated properly, it could trap moisture and trigger the growth of mold. Many people, because of uh, space limitations, have to put their, their HVAC systems in the attic. And If the attic gets contaminated, that unfortunately will get driven into, into those systems and, and be a distribution point. The, the HVAC system is really the lungs of our house. And, and based on where they're located, it really, really needs to be in an environment that is really cleaned and an ecology that is without doubt the most normal that you can possibly get.
0: How about radiator systems?
1: The radiator system is you know probably a better system because it doesn't have ducts that uh, distribute through. Mm-hmm. Um, the radiator, though, does collect a lot of dust around it and it gives off uh, what's called an ambient heat. Mm-hmm. And so if you have dust particulate that actually start to settle around, the, the radiator, that can represent a food source for mold. And the other thing too is is that radiators give off somewhat of, of a moisture and if that moisture can get absorbed into the dust, the molds can can actually start to harbor in the dust and be able to actually aerosolize from there and basically follow a, a air convection wave throughout the home. Everything is about source removal so if there's a lot of dust in the house, The worst possible, unfortunately, heating and air conditioning uh, arrangement would be forced air heating. Um, Probably the best would be either radiator or baseboard heaters, but even still, you have to keep those, those systems clean and dust free.
0: Great. So now that we've kind of talked about different ways that the home can be exposed or where the mold might grow, maybe giving us some information on, if you were to inspect a home, what would the person expect when you were coming in?
1: Well, remember we talked a little bit about the population of people that we, we work with primarily, so that's that's really a different approach. There are two different approaches that's really important to identify. One is is that there are consultants that come in, take a very vanilla approach. They'll come in, maybe do a cursory perspective of the home put up an air sampler in one of the areas that they think may be impacted, do an outside reference baseline, compare the two, and based on the concentrations indoor to outdoor, that would give them a clue as to whether there may be a potential problem. A lot of times that may unfortunately lead to a false sense of security, especially when you have somebody who's not feeling well. When we go in, it's more of a very, very comprehensive approach. When you're dealing with somebody who has some health concerns, and and any doctor will agree, it doesn't matter what treatment protocol they're on, if they're not living in an environment that is at least an ecology that can help them methylate and heal, if they're constantly being exposed to environmental toxins, that will inevitably either neutralize and negate their treatment protocol. So what we're doing is going in and doing a deep dive, and we're looking everywhere that's accessible. We're going in the basement. We're going in crawl spaces. We're going in the attic. We're looking for anything that would represent either past or present signs of water intrusion, any suspect growth, even the most subtlest signs. And, And when I say subtle, I'm talking about either a nail that's rusty, a little, little dot that represents a stain because we realize and and recognize and have experienced that that may inevitably just represent the tip of the iceberg and what's maybe harboring behind ceiling and wall cavities is very, very extensive. So we go through every area of the house. The ventilation system, as we've uh, talked about earlier, is a very, very big focus of ours because it is a distribution point and in a perpetual one at that. So we're checking those out. And we're coming up with a sampling strategy that would um, normally be air samples. If we see something suspicious on the wall, it could be a surface sample. We love to take a, a snapshot of what's in the settled dust because. Understanding the population of molds that are in the environment are very, very key to understanding potential mycotoxin activity. So we can do through some, some very sophisticated sampling, progressive sampling strategy called PCR. It gives us a population of 36 different mold types, 26 of those being water damaged molds that are most commonly found in water damaged environments. And we could also do mycotoxin testing which we can test right now for four different mycotoxins. Those are okra toxins, aflatoxins, um, gliotoxins, and the most probably, I would tell you, probably most potent being trichothecenes, which is affiliated and mostly associated with stachybotrys, which is the black mold that gets all the notoriety and the media attention. And one point I'd like to make, and I get a lot of calls daily from people you know, I'm really concerned just about the black mold. I don't care about any other mold. I just want to make sure that the black mold's not there. What, what most people don't understand is that's just the mold that gets all the notoriety. It's not the mold that actually can, can actually cause the most potential health impact because molds like aspergillus, penicillium, they can produce mycotoxins as I alluded to, like gliotoxins and, and okra that can very much impact the body as well.
0: Sounds like a very complex area of study.
1: It, it, it really, really is. You know, every day I learn more and more about what I don't know. It's an evolving science. It's one that uh, we're constantly looking to understand more and more. And what we knew yesterday was nothing compared to what we're learning every single day.
0: Well, it sounds very involved. And I think that for people... Who are sick and are experiencing some of these symptoms it is a thousand percent necessary but I would love for you to explain more about some of the standard testing that is out there because I think that it doesn't necessarily meet the higher standards and some people might be getting that false negative if they're thinking that even something like a home inspection before you buy a new home is that cutting it
1: yeah and I'm glad you brought that up because that is huge a huge, huge problem. You know, One of the things that we see out there is a lot of people getting a false sense of security. We get people call us and say, I'd like to get an air sample. And you know, one of the questions I'm asking is, why do you need that? What is it about the air sample that you're looking to understand? And what are you overall trying to accomplish? Because air sampling, and I believe it's a viable sampling strategy, is variable, meaning that it's a snapshot in time. And many times, depending on the pressurization of the house or the, the uh, type of, of air exchange that a home has, you may or may not pick up anything that would show that there's, there's an issue. And so that leads people many, many times to a false sense of security. Also, there are these technologies that you can get at uh, like a Home Depot where it's a plate that has elder in it and you open the plate up and you leave it there and it's a settlement plate and that plate would, would capture certain spores. That also can many times be, unfortunately, a device that may not capture all of, of uh, the mold spores and it's also only going to grow what's called live, reviable spores. If there are spores that are dead, it's not going to pick them up. Also, there are many uh, types of molds that don't really grow within that alga, and so you may not even be able to see other molds that may be growing in, in the environment as well. There are some technologies that uh, can be very, very good. There's ERMI, which stands for Environmental Relative Moldy Index. It was developed by the EPA some years ago. They took uh, approximately 1,500 homes, half of which were water damaged, the other half which were normal homes, and based on the collection of dust in the water damaged homes and what was found in, in the normal homes, they came up with an index that basically showed someone that you either less likely have a mold problem to, at the other end, probably have a, a mold problem and in further investigation and analysis to see where the source area is is suggested. That is a really, really good technology because it's PCR based, it actually gives you, as I mentioned, 36 different molds down to the species level and it can be a very, very good screen. But at the end of the day, that's exactly all these technologies are. It's a screen because once you find out what the results are, now the question is, what do you do next? And, you know, anybody can take a sample. Anybody can take an air sample. Anybody can take a surface sample. Anybody can collect dust. What does it mean? Why are you taking it? What are the next steps? And that's where a company like ours comes in because we do more of the deep dive to find the source areas. More importantly, after we validate it, we actually create the scope of work for the remediation process. And on the back end, if it's uh, something that our clients want, we actually police the process to, to make sure it's done in a way that uh, can can uh, make sure that the home is at least now within an ecology where people that have been health impacted can at least have a chance to, to transform back to health.
0: Great. So is there anything, because I know all this information is probably overwhelming to a lot of people, especially if they're thinking that they could possibly have mold in their home, what would you recommend for someone who's listening that they can do maybe today in their own home that could lead them to believe that maybe I need to have a specialist come in and take a deeper look?
1: That, that's a great question. One of the first things they can do is look for any signs of past or present water intrusion. The most subtlest signs is so very, very key. And I'm talking about a small little stain, rust, again, that can represent a lot of times some water intrusion that they never even really thought what was actually happening. Uh, look around the ventilation systems. You know, many times we find around the ventilation systems, the ventilation system, especially when in the summer months, as we're coming into the summer months, they, they actually cool the home. And, and how that's done is these systems actually, through the return, pull in warm, moist air. And that warm, moist air goes through return ducts and then flows over what's called coils. Coils, as that warm, moist air, goes over the coils, it condenses on the coils, creates a lot of, of uh, moisture and it's actually drained out through what's called uh, a drip line. And, and this is where we find a lot of problems where the drip line uh, is not draining properly or there may be a crack and that may cause some leakage into uh, interstitial area that they're not even re- really aware of. We see a lot of times where there's uh, the HVAC systems in, in the attic the drip line uh, is actually uh, cracked or clogged and it causes uh, unfortunately a backup and it starts to leak and it's a very slow leak and so because it's a slow leak it actually can cause uh, some severe damage over time so you know those are some of the things that they should look for right around their their ventilation systems around windows many times you're, you're gonna find some areas where you're getting some seepage people don't really notice that and one of the things I'd recommend if you have a basement, go in the basement and look for something that would be even a subtle sign of white or a on, on the foundation walls. That is a major sign of, of water intrusion through what's called diffusion and that is so deceiving most people don't even realize that they would swear their basements fallen dry. Those are the things they can do visually. What they can do from a technology perspective to check. I always think it's a good idea to check the sudden dust. And there are some technologies out there like ERMI. Unfortunately, ERMI can be very costly, can cost anywhere from four to $500. Um, there are other technologies that we talked about, the, the Algar plate which I think many times can, can add uh, unfortunately to a false sense of security, not pick things up. We as a company though, are going to be coming out with a test kit. This test kit right now is in development should be out within the next couple of weeks and it will give us a list of, of um, the types of moles that you generally find within a water damage environment that uh, can suggest that there's a problem um, and what we'll be doing is uh, giving people a, like a 20 minute free consultation uh, after they've sent it into the lab and got back to the results and we'll let them know if we see some things that look suspicious enough that would require more of a deeper type of investigation within their home.
0: Well, that is great. Thank you so much for joining me today, Steve. I think it's really helpful for people to understand a little bit more about how kind of tricky this can be, Uh, especially, like I said in the beginning, how people, no, I don't have mold in my home, everything looks fine. Um, But it really can be something that can be hidden behind the walls and, you know, in your floorboards and basement and attic and everywhere else. And Steve, I'd love for you to give everyone your website so that they have that. And we'll also send that out in our follow-up email for you as well.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Uh, our website is www.findingthemold.com. And there you can source our telephone number. We also have a moldy minute on there. We can get some more information about where you can look and, and source for for other uh things within your house as it relates to water damage and mold. And the last thing I would like to say, just in closing, is that this being a health channel, I think it's really, really key if there's anyone that has any kind of condition. I really believe it is a very, very wise move to get your house tested. Just to get that peace of mind to know that your house is within the type of ecology that will give you the sanctuary that you need to transform back to health. And the last thing is I want to thank you so much for giving me this this podium to talk about things that I'm so very passionate about and, and really, really am grateful and appreciative to the time.
0: Yeah, no, we're very happy to have you here, and I think you really said it best there by saying that our home is our sanctuary. We, we're supposed to feel safe there and, you know, comfortable and, and know that nothing bad is going to happen to us there, and, and it could be the place that's making us sick. And I think it's also important to mention this isn't just in our home, that it could be in our office, in other places where we spend a lot of time. So, you know, take a look around even when you're at your job or if you're somewhere that you're spending a lot of time because that could be somewhere that's making you ill as well and not that you're necessarily going to get that place to come in and have a mold inspection, but it could be contributing to some of your health problems. So definitely something to keep in mind. So thanks again, Steve, for coming. We were really happy to have you. Thank you. And uh, thanks everyone for joining, and we look forward to speaking with you soon. Have a great day.